Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Hello and welcome to Multifamily Investing Made Simple, the podcast that's all about taking the complexity out of real estate investing so that you can take action today. I'm your host, Anthony Vecino of Invictus Capital, joined as always by Dan. It's really early in the morning and I have no nickname for you, Kruger. <laughs> I'm the guy who scheduled this early morning session, so... My brain just doesn't work in the morning times. I'm I'm all about waking up early. I have my morning routine for the first two hours. It's usually blocked off, but we Not got today. We got we got podcasts. We got to record for our dear listeners. So we're here putting in the work early in the morning. I say that like it's seven thirty a.m. The life of an entrepreneur. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. It's. I mean, this is one of those times when it's 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 kind of it's nice to be busy because we've got some exciting stuff coming up, travel, and so it's kind of that pre. It's not really a vacation per se, but it's kind of like that pre-vacation scramble where it's it's hectic, but it's because done. you've got something really good coming up. So it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I usually enjoy these these types of scrambles. Yeah, it's exciting. And like, just to get a little insight for our, our audience at home who's maybe doesn't get to see like what we do in real time, like we're flying out tomorrow. Uh, I fly out tomorrow. I think you fly out on Friday to go mm-hmm. to an event down in Florida with Jake and Gino, the crew that um, help, is presenting in, a, in conjunction with us the new book, Passive Investing Made Simple, which is now available in all bookstores. Go check it out. Um, we're going to an event down there to, to help out at one of their boot camps and to present. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. But then we fly immediately from, there to another event in Vegas. And so um, a lot of travel, a lot of things coming up. It's exciting, uh, fun, so we won't complain. But so here we are. Uh, And here we are today uh, talking about part four of the Capital Stack series. And we're going to start talking about what you as a passive investor in in a syndication is more likely to experience. We talked about senior debt, mezzanine debt, generally you as the passive investing partner on most private placements will be coming in in some kind of equity position. And that can take form in two different ways. Uh, Generally, we have the preferred equity position and we have the common equity. We're going to talk about common equity in the next episode, but today let's talk about preferred equity because in the last, I would say in the last two years, we've seen a real risk, like a real boom of people starting to structure deals with preferred equity. Whereas before you weren't really seeing it too often. So let's let's unpack what is preferred equity, why are we seeing a boom of it, and what's it mean for potential investors? Yeah, I think the the main thing to understand with preferred equity is, you know, if you know where it falls in the capital stack, uh, you can start to kind of infer what uh, what's implied by the name preferred. So. Uh, per our previous episodes, we know that as we move up the capital stack, you know, we're starting with the foundation, the senior debt, and then we get to the mezzanine debt. Uh, essentially, the as you go higher and higher on the the capital stack, 
you become less and less of a priority as far as payment, right? <laughs> and theoretically, the uh, the risk profile starts to increase. And so since preferred equity comes on top of the mezzanine or a subordinate debt, uh, but below the common equity, we can start to infer that, okay, this is kind of the position in which uh, uh, entities or, or, or shareholders are paid out. So preferred equity, as the name implies, is preferred over the common equity, uh, mainly because it's uh, uh, the order in which everyone gets their money in the event of something happening, right? So you're you're behind the debt, both the senior and the mezzanine debt, uh, but in front of the common equity. Um, and usually this implies, kind of like in our previous videos, that the rate of return is going to be slightly lower than with common equity because of the slightly lower risk profile. Um, but yeah, like Anthony said, recently we've seen this incorporated quite a bit more. And so it's um, it's kind of interesting to talk about why that is, like what the nuances are between the two different types of equity. And uh, so yeah, let's let's dive into that with preferred equity. What, what typically, now everyone has kind of their own structure with these things when they put it together, but there's some kind of commonalities that you see when there's a preferred equity component. Yeah. Um, so what have you noticed that really kind of sets the preferred equity apart from the common equity aside from the, the payout, the order of, the order of payout. Well, I would say the um, it's, it's real. It's really um, preface this too is that preferred doesn't necessarily mean better, right? Like it's not like oh, I that's that it's preferred, so I, I should prefer that. <laughs> it depends on your your return profile and your risk um, appetite. With the preferred return, we're seeing generally operators offering between ten to twelve percent. So. If you were to compare that to the common equity position, which we'll talk about in future videos, you know, you could be getting far, far more than that. But at 10 to 12%, you're getting that's a much better return profile, or at least a better return than you would get as a mezzanine debt in a lot of cases, and definitely as a senior debt lender. And so you're getting a pretty good return and you're getting it in a more advantageous position than the common equity holders. So depending on your risk profile, that can be a really good thing. And there's a lot of investors who who love this vehicle because it's a strong return still and they get slightly better placement than everybody else and they like knowing that even if the deal goes south that they're in front of the line of all the the, the people behind them in the common equity position so we're starting to see operators offer this a bit more what they'll do is they'll come in with an offer and they'll say oh we have class a shares and we have class b shares let's say just for simplicity or they'll say class a preferred and class a common and you get to select like, oh, they're raising X amount in the preferred equity shares and X amount in the common equity shares. Which one do you which one do you want to go for? Do you want some common equity of this deal or do you want some preferred equity? And it's kind of like a, a menu. So you get to choose which one tastes better to you, but it's yeah, not I, always there. Yeah. And I noticed that a lot of uh, individuals that partake in the preferred equity when it's offered will oftentimes do a little bit in each bucket. Um that's not uncommon either to have some some of the common for, so they can capture some of the upside, but also they they want to have some of the preferred so they can have somewhat of a more stabilized uh, cash flow situation. And I like to describe preferred equity people as uh, almost like a pseudo debt position, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's in between the mezzanine debt and uh, underneath the common equity, you get some uh, some characteristics of both equity and debt. Um, mainly because the preferred return uh, is a bit higher. And I've seen it uh, presented in such that there's almost, 
I don't want to say guaranteed return, but there's a fixed return for the preferred equity. And the trade-off there is, yes, you get this more consistent income, but you don't get as much of the upside. So it's almost like this this, uh, hybrid of equity and debt. And so I kind of call it pseudo debt almost because you get a little bit out of each of those, those categories. So- And you mentioned something there that should be, we should also talk about, which a lot of people don't realize, depending on how the deal is structured, and you're going to need to verify this with your particular operator on any particular deal and how how it's worded, because this is a fixed return, because there is an expectation of return, it's kind of pseudo debt. The way that your distributions are typically taxed or can be taxed is as as a common income, right? And that's problematic. Because unless you're a real estate professional, the the benefits of depreciation aren't going to flow through to offset that. So that could be problematic. You're going to want to look into that. Um, yeah. I don't think but, all deals are that way, but you just want to make sure if, uh, depending on how it's structured, that's not uncommon. Yeah. General rule of thumbs uh, for anything uh, about taxes, just check with your CPA because everyone's got a very unique tax situation. And we've all got different goals in that department. So, you know, it's okay to talk kind of high level about theoretically how these things, uh, what the tax liability looks like on these different types of structures. Uh, But it's really going to be, like Anthony said, very unique to the deal and how that deal is structured and your tax situation. Um, So obviously check with your CPA. But uh, yeah, I think that's preferred equity in a a nutshell. That's a preferred equity. I think I might've said preferred return in there a couple of times because they all stay preferred, but I get confused. I'm simple. So <laughs> that's going to do it for us, guys. We appreciate you. Thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your out of your day to join us. Make sure before you leave that you go pick up the book, Passive Investing Made Simple. We'd really appreciate it if you would also leave a review on Amazon that just helps us spread the word. It helps um, give a little bit of social proof to somebody who might be sitting on the fence thinking about multifamily investing. Nobody in their friend or family network has ever done this thing before. So it feels a little scary. If you go and leave a review and say, hey, this book is great. Uh, it's full of educational content. And the, these guys tell really funny stories. Um, that might be the thing that tips the scales for them and makes them want to jump into this investment vehicle, which we that's what we want. We want to see as many people investing in multifamily as possible because we know how it can transform lives. So go leave a review, go pick up the book, um, and we'll catch you guys next week. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.